0: Pod and yourself clean. clean everything. everything. In it's right, everything. pod. Everything. <sighs> anyway. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Sean. How's it going, man?
1: Uh, it's going, you know, it's going. I, just, I think this is day
0: 180. Right? Uh, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Well, it was March 15th. When I think I I officially start quarantine in my head. So
1: maybe this is day. Is that so? So it's yeah. been yeah
0: March 18th. Seven
1: months, seven times. So yeah. day is like day two, two ten.
0: I I count the day. Uh, I I say March 18th because that's when Tom Hanks got COVID. Yeah. And Rita Wilson. So I I find that I consider that the official first day. I hear you. I hear um, you. but anyway, sorry to start off on that note, Andrew. We are back. We are back. We are, we're, the pod, we're the podcast that comes out of retirement for very special occasions. Yes. And what's the special occasion that could pull us out of retirement? You know, semi-retirement. You
1: know, Sean, just pull me out of retirement. You know, I got to do it for the kids. You know, I'm going to have a kid. A kid. A
0: Kid fucking hey. <laughs> As Tony, Tony Soprano's favorite Radiohead album. I like you.
1: Hey. A fucking kid, hey man. Fucking put that record on all that gobbledygook. All oh, that gobbledygook, everything up, blah 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 blah
0: It's a great impression. I don't even it know what is. What the fuck they say? Anyway, <laughs> there's there's a lot going on in the world, and we're actually we'll touch on it at some point during the pod. But uh-huh. October is the 20th anniversary of the release of the seminal album by Radiohead, Kid. Uh, Fucking fuckin a. Fucking uh, a. One of the most. Maybe one of the last truly important rock and roll. Sorry, not rock and roll, but one of the last truly important rock albums uh, came at a really essential moment in Radiohead's career. It came at a essential moment in music history. I think we'll get into all of that. We're going to talk about what Kid A means to us, how we discovered it, how we've changed along with the album. Uh, exactly. And then we're also going to talk about the bigger the bigger picture stuff with Kid A. What does Kid A mean in today's mm-hmm. world? What is it? How did how did we get here? Thanks to Kid A, as, all as the those, questions.
1: Yeah, as those like, as those kids say at Tumblr, man, this is conversation is going to be Kid A A F. You know, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is a pod yourself <laughs> clean. Kid A A F.
0: Um, anyway. um but before sorry. we get into into kid a talk andrew yeah um first of all sorry are you doing okay <laughs> you and your family are okay oh yeah we're
1: doing we're doing okay yeah things have just been been doing yeah staying staying the course doing all right <laughs> um you know instacarting uh zooming um you know going to parks you know have, have you done any social distance things with people in person, Sean?
0: Yes, I just had my uh, my first hangout with my improv team oh, the yeah? other day. We were in uh, their back, uh, my teammate Sam's backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, very socially distanced, wearing masks. Mm-hmm. We uh, he had a big screen in his backyard. and We watched Hocus Pocus.
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: And then ironically, not ironically, but this is like the first big hangout I've had since all of this started. Yeah. And then the day after, one of my teammates was like, oh, hey, everyone. Uh, I've, my kid who's in preschool, one of his classmates got tested positive for COVID. So we okay. think we're fine, but we're going to get a test just in case. And then uh, someone else on the team did. Uh, him and his wife took a rapid test today and he was negative, but she was positive. So they have to do another test to make sure it was a false positive. Long story short, Andrew don't hang out in big groups until 2022.
1: Yeah. We've done some small gatherings um, with like friends who, you know, taking their kids out to like the playground, you know, which even then I guess I mean, we've been going to the playground all the time, but you know, wearing a mask sanitizing all the time, you know, It's kind of like if i'm walking down the street and there's strangers i might as well schedule with another friend to like be a stranger that walks down the street at the same time you know which is kind of weird but yeah i know i feel like the fall months are sort of the it's become more of a mile marker where we're turning around being like oh gosh this has been a while the summer has just been kind of made it seem like okay but now i feel like now the the darkness is coming (laughs) (laughs) hours are coming in that it's it's kind of becoming like a little more like oh okay this has been a bit that we've been in this you know
0: yeah it's getting darker earlier the winter is coming soon Mm -hmm. perfect kid eh
1: yeah Uh, it is hence that's when this album came
0: out yeah Um, but before we get into all that I asked you if you are doing good great what have you been listening to lately I think our last Uh, episode was in August so have there been any albums since then you've been digging
1: uh let's see here that's a good question i i don't hmm. i don't know sean do you have anything off the top of your head because like i yeah feel...
0: i wrote down i wrote down three albums i've been digging
1: all right well let's we'll shoot for it let's let's hear let's hear how you do
0: okay i think you're gonna not like two out of the three well, bring um, it on bring it on <laughs> but the first one is the new fleet foxes record okay. sure sure have you have, i know you're not a fleet foxes guy but have you checked out the latest one sure
1: i've checked out sure (laughs) sure sure i've checked out sure sure sweet no it's um it's actually i listened to it once through and it was solid i was like i was really digging it it didn't quite sound so medieval-esque it sounded a little bit more immediate but also there's pretty interesting like how the song sounded and that opening song was pretty good too with all the talk of like people that pass like David Byrne from the silver Jews. And I forgot some, that, um, that producer Richard, um, you know, you sort of cites all these different uh, musicians that have passed. It's kind of like, Oh, intriguing, but
0: uh, Richard Swift,
1: Richard Swift. Yeah. And yeah. so it was, yeah. It, then there's some other really good tracks that kind of stood out on there. So that's one I should probably return to, I, I enjoyed it. It did, it did not check off the boxes of what, i do not like about fleet foxes if that makes sense
0: um yeah well i i, I get it because this one seems a little bit more like they're not trying as hard like yeah. it seemed more it seems more effortless yeah. um i mean as it but like, all the songs are very intricate and beautiful and there's a lot of attention to detail that goes into yeah. it but it it's but yeah it doesn't seem as um as polished maybe or as um as as medieval as you say as as their older stuff sure. um it seems more more organic um but like i don't know if the best songs on here are my favorite compared to the best songs in their past albums mm-hmm. but it's such a soothing balm for my soul during these quarantine times sure. to listen to it it's just like watching like a gentle waterfall sure um it's like um yeah, there's and there's a lot of a lot of good stuff on there. Okay. My second album. Yeah. Yeah. I love to hear your reaction to this. Sure. Uh, The Killers. Okay. implode the Mira- Imploding the Mirage, yeah. baby. Yeah, imploding the- I like this. Isn't this was an album I was not anticipating in the least. I've never been a Killers fan. Mm. I like some of their. I like Mr. Brightside, fine enough. It's on my running playlist. Sure. Um, but this album really surprised me and i think i mentioned this to you already but it's it's like a war on drugs album Mm -hmm. meets like glittery springsteen Mm. um the first track is just straight up a war on Drugs song pretty much Mm. Mm. uh just with the the propulsive uh (laughs) andrew just uh killed himself Mm. uh And, and it, also, there's a, a, a Wise Blood song. There's like a song that Wise Blood... I forgot if I'm pronouncing it right. Guest we, Stars. And it's weiss like a, blood, a beautiful... Wee's Blood. But it's like a beautiful disco song. Sure. Um, And I think like it made me realize, I think one of the... There's a lot of tragedies that the coronavirus has caused, but I think one of the minor ones is that the Killers didn't get to tour with this album this summer because I think it's a perfect arena rock album. And it's yeah. like, I would have... I never, ever wanted to go to a Killers concert in my life. I saw them back in 2004 at the New Orleans Voodoo Fest and I mm. laughed halfway through their set because I was bored with them. But I would have gone to see their tour this, this round because uh, these songs are just, I think, are just meant to be heard in a, in a giant crowd in a big arena.
1: Interesting. Um, yeah, I listened to that one once through and yeah, it was solid. I mean, Killers, I, I, I enjoy the Killers, but I don't seek them out. You know what I mean? Yes, I well. think Hot Fuss is the only album there's that I've, uh, com, uh, you know, burned into, committed to like a physical format, a CDR. <laughs> <Yes>. And uh, <laughs> which is a good album. I mean, that's one like, that's like a, I mean, that's a, a bait shop OC, uh, the OC Essential mm-hmm. mid 2000s album. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, into, when we were young, I mean that's that's a jam. That's that's like one of my go-to's for uh, Garage Band. When you, mm-hmm. walk, yeah, it might be their best song as far as I know. But even like the cheesy ones, like are you human? Are we dancer? I mean, it's so so cheesy. But so is there that cheesiness on this album? Like I'm listening to it one time through. There's a, it is a big like it feels like Queen meets um, Springsteen. You know, meets Warren Drugs um but
0: yeah i think it's definitely that cheesiness uh and i think part of why i like it more than the other stuff is that it it's it's a cheesiness cheesiness that connects with me Hmm. harder than in their their past albums um also it might just be refreshing just to still have a rock band around who just is unapologetically a rock band just trying to make fun rock music Mm -hmm. um
1: has quarantine or uh, the pandemic changed your um, listening habits or your emotional response? Do things mean a lot more um, now?
0: If to be brutally honest, it probably I probably it's probably made me more numb. <laughs> so uh, I think it's like harder for me honestly to have an emotional connection with with music hmm. these days. A lot of times I have to like really like go to like the heart, like the stuff that I know I will get a reaction out of just to feel something. Sure. Um, but like with, I mean, so yeah, it, but like, because I'm working from home a lot, I'm just on Spotify all day, every yeah. day. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what my Spotify algorithm is. And then my numbers are by the end of the year. Um, so I definitely been listening as much, if not more than before the pandemic. Sure. Um, but it's like, you know, we live in a, fucked up world right now andrew and it's like kind of so it's hard to like get excited (laughs) or as excited yeah no i hear about things what about you um
1: that's a good question i think it's maybe added context but at the same time not really i think you know i think there's points where okay like listening to Murder Most Foul, I feel like <laughs> like the next chapter, the next you know,
0: the Bob Dylan yeah, record,
1: the minutes yeah. twenty to twenty one would be about the pandemic, you know. So there's like a there's like a I guess like one of my friends mentioned it. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but like living through history is is exhausting, and I think like, like that's kind of like what we're doing now in a sense, you know. So it's kind of like things take on a certain role, but at the same time, it's like a lot of stuff I've been really digging are just the usual suspects you know so yeah i guess yeah never mind i guess i guess it hasn't really affected myself too much but okay so what's your number three
0: uh the other one the third one i've been digging is shamir's album are you a shamir fan
1: i like that music video with a puppet yeah and uh um um, i know he's kind of released a, a range of different kind of styles of albums
0: yeah and um he's mostly like a really cool r&b uh artist but r&b kind of puts him in a box i'm I'm not sure but it's more like kind of dance dance dancey r&b but this album which is self-titled it's called shamir uh it's just like an indie pop record Mm. he's just like a it's like a straight up just like almost old school by old school i mean you know 2010 era just indie pop like who's it sound like it, it it's like um a cooler um oh uh who did um oh no i'm drawing a blank i'm drawing a blank um uh maybe if i say um some more times i can i can buy some time um wait say something while i look this up really quick well uh
1: all right for me i think there really hasn't been too much i i've been really digging new until like since july since this summer you know I feel like there's been some albums that come out, but nothing that's really like been captivating. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the Bill Callahan album is solid, but it feels more like a book, you know, a, a, a novel short stories, which is still very impressive and very good. His voice is so solid. And then um, Sufjan Stevens put a new one out, which is just... It just oh, feels- we,
0: have to, we haven't talked about that yet.
1: Yeah, The Ascension is... I feel like I need to listen to it more. I feel like there's some good stuff in there, but at the same time, there's just kind of like, it just feels prickly and pompous in a way, you know? It's not, I don't feel emotionally captivated by it as I did with like Carrie and Lowell or as thrilled by it like I did with Age of Ads, you know?
0: Uh, yeah, I assumed you would dig it because it's more in the age of ads territory. Yeah,
1: it it is. But there was a sense of exuberance with age of ads and also soulfulness that I feel like this is this is I know he's been insane in interviews. This is more of an angry record, which is good. Um, I just got to spend more time with it. I can imagine it probably was cathartic to make it, but it's. It, nothing is really registered on, for me, that stuck out of my mind on it. I mean, there's a, there's like a stretch of some good songs on there, um, but nothing that I felt was like stunning as I could have anticipated convent- mm-hmm. traditionally from Soufiane. I, f-
0: I feel like this is a, a music critic faux pas thing to say, but all the songs kind of sounded the same to me. No, that's
1: true. It's true.
0: You mean I really like video games. I really like the song "Video Games." Uh, it's just like kind of a, a very depressed dance song to me. Uh-huh. Like it's, it's like a dance song on Downers, but I room. all the other songs are kind of yeah. variations on it. On that same me, me my mel, same attitude.
1: Yeah, play your video games.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that one. No. this cover of Lana Del Rey's yeah. "Video Games." Uh, yeah. So. Mm, yeah. Oh, also, it's I. I found the band I was I was thinking of Shamir. He sounds like a cooler Passion Pit. Oh, passion so think of like that Gossamer. Think of that Gossamer album, which was like my yeah. number two album that year for some reason. That's uh, right. Uh, some of it still holds up, but anyway, sure. that's that's what I'm thinking of when I when I say indie indie pop. Sure. New Shamir record. Sure. But it's sure, like sure. It, it's it's still modern and unique because it's from his perspective yeah Uh, and he has a really interesting perspective on things um so anyway that's my third album i've been digging
1: cool yeah i guess i don't really have many new out i mean there's been some new stuff like even just today like this james blake ep and then rostam has a new song but those aren't like those aren't like noteworthy (laughs) you know what i mean no. I mean, the Future Islands album is a solid one. I mean, it's it's dependable. It's more the same. I like how they're making some slower jams that are good. That song thrills, probably one of my favorites. Probably with you know handful of favorites this year so far. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know, Future Islands kind of sound. They're like the Rolling Stones, where they kind of like each album kind of sounds. Ah, that that Future Islands sound, you know. But oh yeah. But, you
0: know. Also, I want to before we move on to our commercial uh-huh. break. I want to address more of your question from earlier about how the pandemic's been affecting me. The more I think about it, it's like I there are albums that come out that make me feel a lot, like uh-huh. the Fleet Foxes album or the Fiona Apple or the Waxahachie or Phoebe Bridgers album yeah. from earlier. But I feel like I haven't been seeking out as much music. I think is what I tried to what what I was trying to get at. Sure, I like find an album I like and then I just listen to that for a week on repeat nice. and i just like don't try to to taper off from it which yes. is different from my usual listening habits where i try to uh, cram as much music into my brain as possible sure yeah much different kinds of music i guess like i haven't been repeat listening stuff i've been listening to a lot of like
1: stuff one time through and then be like oh that's great like fleet foxes and the killers and sufion to a sense too but i just need to I, need, I think I just need to plug in my headphones and just get listening. You know what I mean? Sometimes it almost takes like a big, uh, okay, I'm going to listen to something, you know? Mm. And sometimes,
0: yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I mean, this is a topic for a whole podcast, but has fatherhood affected your music listening?
1: Well, with work, I've been able to maintain it. But at the same time, it's kind of like, uh, uh, well, and also too, I was talking to one of my buddies about this. I've not been really doing kids music at all. I've just been playing my own music. And some of these dads, buddies I know that are dads with kids older than mine, uh, they just are like, yeah, we just kind of keep playing music that's kind of fun. Like my one buddy, Kevin, he plays that junior, senior <laughs> song. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, which is great. Oh, I mean, yeah. Francis has been loving, my daughter Frances turns two next month. She's been <gasps> loving Purple Mountains. She knows how to request mm. that. Darkness and Cold. She goes, ooh, Darkness and Cold. What? Yeah, and then she knows how to request uh Steely Dan's Babylon sister shake it. She puts her hands up in there and dances to shake it. And then um an album once she starts talking, i we gotta take out a rotation. But Alex Cameron's forced witness, she really likes that album a lot. She goes, ooh, 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 like that song Country Figs, like we goes, yeah. ooh
0: ooh. ooh, ooh,
1: ooh. So she knows, yeah.
0: I'm sure Alex Cameron's songs are right up at two year olds, right? Family.
1: I know, so that's kind of bad news, but that's that's a, that's a great album. But like, she loves Robin too, so you know, th- there's been stuff that that we've been able to agree upon, <laughs> all of us agree upon, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, it has changed it. Um, well, I guess I'm just doing my deep dives during work or on the margins, you know, like, I'm not gonna like. Pull out parquet chords, which could be nice, but or like I don't know. I'm trying to think of other like the Jarvis album, so it'd be like more uh, deeper listens or not nice, as you know, uh, immediate, you know, like Murder Most Foul. Come on, Francis, we're gonna listen to Murder Most Foul.
0: <laughs> you want to listen to this 12 minute right. uh, Dylan track on JFK? Right, right,
1: right. right. Um, so, but um,
0: okay, I, I,
1: this probably is interesting. But a weird thing I had when I was listening to the Sufjan Stevens' Ascension album because, okay, I somehow got MP3s to it before it came out. So I was doing it on my old iPod with my MP3s and uh, there was like glitches in the matrix where songs of other bands would come in during certain parts of when I was listening to it. So it's either like old digital dust or just like corrupted files but when I was listening to that album at three different times it was either pavements major leagues that came that bled through into the album um beach house's dive and then um a beck song off of the modern guilt album like did 2008 you album. make a great remix album i don't know but like i didn't have those mp3s on my ipod at that time except for the beach house one but i'm like how the hell did this shit get all collected in there so i don't know but like like my the ipod has like a a weird corrupted back memory like that backs up all your files or something like that, or if it's just something weird. Anyway, it was, I never really had that experience before. Then I was, thought
0: oh. that it would play. I used to have that problem back in 2005, really, when I would okay. download MP3s and burn them. Yeah, I remember trying to download the Modest Mouse album, Good yeah. News. What, what was the one with Good Flood News for People Who it? Love Bad News? Yeah, and like there were uh, the songs on there that I hadn't heard before. Uh, and it would just be like it would just cut to static. Mm. It like halfway through the song, it would just cut to white noise, and mm. I was like, "This is a, a strong uh, artistic choice that my Mouse is doing." And it, yeah. I didn't realize that they were fucked up. Yeah,
1: I man, fucked up, fucked up. Two fifty six kilobytes per second, man. Yeah. One twenty eight <sighs> kilobytes per second, fucked up. Ninety six.
0: Anyway, all right. um all right. Well, let's. um let's get to the kid a conversation yes but before they, that <laughs> thank uh-huh. you for sticking through people anyway no worry yeah well, let's get to the good stuff um but we are sponsored today oh, uh by casper mattress oh so, again you know, in the pandemic in the pandemic you do a lot of sleeping you, you hang out in your bed a lot you're probably <laughs> working from your bed some of you so yeah. you might as well get a nice mattress yeah, uh, from Casper Mattress. And so with our promo code, you get 20% off your first mattress. You can like try it, sit on it, and mail it back. Sean, how many mattresses have you ordered during the pandemic? I have I sit on a stack of 10 mattresses. Well, you're like Princess <laughs> in the <I, I, laughs> Yes. I've never I've never slept better. Uh, but you wow. get 20% off your first mattress with the promo code Gabba Goo. Hey, fucking kidding? Hey, Gabba Goo. Again, you get 20% off your first caster matches with the promo code. Hey,
1: forget, uh, kid, hey, get that kid over here. Rent the kid. I hey, got some chores. Hey, hey, kid, I got something for you to do. Hey, gubba-goo, gubba-gubba-gub, everything in its right place. Good job. Here's, a two, here's, here's 20 bucks.
0: So just that's it for that's 20 it, that's 20% it. off the your first That's it, that's it. whole, matches. like, All you right. can
1: upload an audio file of that to the promo code. <laughs> and that, that
0: will get you. All right, Andrew, let's get clean. All right. are back.
1: We're back. Oh man.
0: Andrew, I see uh, you're holding in your hand. I think you're, well, you were holding in your hand before uh, old CD of the one and only Kid A. Yeah. I Radio had to Head.
1: um, I had to go down into my storage locker. My parents dropped off four boxes of uh, my CDs because they're like, Andrew, <laughs> you don't live in with us anymore. We've got a puppy seven years ago that you're allergic to and uh, here are your CDs, you officially moved out. You are you, you registered to vote in Illinois. You, don't, you, you, you Your room is not yours anymore. Your home is not yours anymore. So so anyway, I, I dug it out and I kid it. <laughs> and because I think it's it's pretty fascinating to uh, um, go through this because I think it's, and I talked to you about this on, on Gchat, um, that this is like, I think some of the best CD packaging or at least artwork, CD artwork, booklet artwork of the CD era. I don't know how you feel about this, Sean.
0: Well, that was one of the things I was going to bring up because part of the appeal of Kid A is the the artwork and all the random things that go with it. I think right. um, Tom York and I forget who their main designer dude is worked on it. It's Stanley the same person who Dogwood did... or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or um, but anyway, they. Um, they do the album covers for all their records. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like an iconic album cover. Yeah.
1: It's it's great. And the booklet is like thick.
0: Stanley Stanley Donwood. Donwood is their artist.
1: Yeah. And the booklet's like thick with like fold out like illustrations, all this different sort of mixed media stuff. There's like sketch paper that like you can like see through. It's oh, yeah. pretty cool. And there's all this sort of interesting stuff. You I mean it's kind of the line lines of, like what you saw on the okay computer. Um but the the fun thing is oh wow look at that look at that I remember uh, to, Tommy Tommy York saying that um that Amnesiac was the red fire uh that you would see in the artwork for Kid A the red fire in the background What that's, does that
0: mean Well that's like kind is of like 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 from that album cover
1: Uh from that album cover the red are uh, the red fire is amnesia is what Amnesiac was if this kid A was like the iciness. So, I mean, it kind of pairs it together. Oh. But anyway, but the cool thing is when you're looking at this, you're like, oh, okay. man. I looked at it like, oh, there's something. There's something I could see like a little red underneath the CD there. This pure black mm-hmm. booklet. Because it's not like see-through. And then there's this whole other weird comic strip. Like art, artwork. Kind of looking like an old like political flyer from like world war one era and there's just like a bunch of just weird shit and big fonts and you know a character of tony blair which is during that time i think this was, <laughs> this album was de- i think this album was dedicated to tony blair's son that was just born a new son that was during that time
0: oh that's interesting so, wasn't tony blair liberal or did they not like Tony? yeah blair? he's a liberal but i mean there's I don't you know, know what liberal means in in 2000 England
1: right I think I mean it's a sort of the third way uh, liberal where it's those that are like pro business you know still mm-hmm. I mean this is a time of like WTO protests and you know uh, once again uh, I mean I know talk about this during SNL performances but they I mean their t- performances are pretty crazy during this album on SNL and at the end he, Tom York was holding up a let Ralph debate. Signs, so you know. Oh, yeah. Nader had a lot. Nader and the you know that sort of progressive left had a lot more of a cache, had a lot of cachet, traction during that time. That was like, you know, these are just nothing but corporists, you know, which we've now learned to just live with and you know accept as lesser to you.
0: <laughs> That's sadly true. Vote Biden. Um, I forgot to mention to our listeners: mm-hmm. make sure you vote. Yeah, go vote. It's already almost. You mean, I mean I think, you haven't voted yet? You gotta get on that.
1: Yeah, I yeah. hope. I hope. um Do you think you know? I hope we do have some Trump listeners that listen to us, and they're like, you know what?
0: Oh, I'm sure we have a huge Trump contingency <laughs> who love pavement and Radiohead. I love. What Pave- do you think the Venn diagram is of of Trump supporters and and people whose favorite album is Slanted and Enchanted?
1: Yeah, Slanted and Enchanted, and Um, you know. Uh, Tom Hanks is a pedophile, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, Steve, i listened listen to Stephen Malcolson. You know what? Uh, did you look at those flight records of Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know,
0: q that... none. Yeah. yeah. Q was big in the British pop scene of the 90s. Man. Uh, I know that's not pavement. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so, so I was going to so, start a comment. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go on. No, 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 no. no. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna get into it by asking yeah. like, what's your personal experience with Kid A? Um, not to make you feel old, Andrew, no. but you were of you know, you were a teenager when this album came out. Yeah. So you were there to experience the transformation from okay computer era radiohead to kid A era. Weren't you a teenager it, you when not, this came out? I was twelve. Twelve, okay. So I was I was I was pre I
1: was a senior in high school when this came out and
0: you're old yeah uh,
1: yeah i was senior in high school and this came out i was i remember being excited for this album i remember like running cross-country races thinking about this album (laughs) i was (laughs) wow i was running those races and i remember downloading mp3s off of napster and the only one i could get was like everything in its right place you know there's that one and then there was um tree fingers were the ones that i was like oh wow but then the tree fingers was not even the the same tree fingers it was just another like ambient noise one so basically everything in the right place was the only mp3 you can kind of get off of napster during that time
0: and it's a great is it maybe the first great napster record
1: something like that but people talk about how they downloaded all of it from napster and i'm like i never did you know i was i only was able to get everything in its right place and um yeah you just listen to that over and over again and this i wasn't too impressed with everything in the right place because i mean compared to okay computer it's not like as dynamic and big but it's just it's still just it's a headphone type of song that just gets that fills it out so yeah i remember going to best buy i remember i, I bought this with an oh yeah i bought this the same I bought the cd along with Bally Drum boys hour in the middle of the waist another you know oh, wow. it's another good one yeah it's another yeah. good one too and um yeah i remember also listening to granddaddy it might have, that might have been later on or the same year too but that's people talk about compared those two albums you know for, for for the real indie heads back in 2000s but um yeah, just listened to it, and then the hype was just so huge for it. I remember reading the Spin magazine review that gave it a nine out of ten, and that was like the precursor to it. I think that was like the first review I remember reading of Kid A, and they're like, "This is insane! This is a crazy album." Um, but do all right? So, do you want me to go into like my first listen to it?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I just I I kind of wanted to know like what you thought. Sure. Um, What you felt, what it made you go through? Yeah, (laughs) thanks, thanks. What did it? Could it make you go through, bro? It it
1: just it 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 felt like a like a movie, you know. It felt like a deep
0: like a motion picture soundtrack.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there's just like such a dark sci-fi ness to it. Um. So yeah, it was just an astonishing album. Just it, it felt sleek and dark and just complex and very atmospheric. I think that's what was very impressive about it was it just created such a deep particular mood and some of the sounds just sounded so nuts like Tom York's voice on National Anthem with that weird sort of echo to it, the huge string section on on uh, how to disappear completely and then um, yeah, just so much reverb all over the book <laughs> on this on this album reverb um that is yeah it it was just an engulfing one and it was the album went number one too on billboards and i think a lot of people like kind of came to this album as their first like challenging music you know which is fun is exciting i mean it felt like a like it felt like a movie. It felt like an anticipated movie, like a Kubrick movie, or I imagine how it was in the seventies. I'm trying to think what was a cool sci-fi movie director in like the nineties. I mean, Matrix, not, but this is cooler than the Matrix. You know what I mean?
0: Well, maybe like a James Cameron movie, like
1: something like that. I think. Well, during this time, like or the just... first DVDs I ever watched were like Kubrick movies, like uh, Clockwork Orange. You know. And this had that same sort of auteur heaviness to it. And yeah, this album probably feels like uh, an equivalent to like 2001 Space Odyssey in a sense. Mm. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's one of those albums that you, this, this murky, deep, oily, dark album that you kind of listen to. I remember being surprised hearing that other kids were buying this album and listening to it, you know? Like people were like excited by it. It was like a fun, challenging, like kind of cool thing you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, there was just so much anticipation for this album and there's so much hype to it. They put like these little videos, they had like little snippets of like clips of songs. And so everyone, I mean, of course, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm searching Napster every day to see like what new songs I can download from it. But
0: well, were you like weirded out by it? Like, cause you know, before kid a, it was, okay computer and the bends kind of sound were sure. you like did you embrace kid a because it was very um critically it was split down the middle a lot um some people yeah. didn't like the new sound well some people liked it right immediately right well i mean my my uh uh i mean
1: i think Kit, rolling stone gave it four stars and i'm trying to know if i knew about that review before it but you know Radiohead were like. A, they were tried true brand, band at, brand and band at that time. So I mean, it was just like, ooh, I'm gonna be thrilled. But for me, it's like, I, I don't know, you know, I, I, I got big into like music in like '97, '96, you know. So I was already listening to like Spiritualized, like Ladies and Gentlemen Floating in Space, and and um, some of these other like big, more complex albums. I might have already been listening to Scott Walker at that, t- at that time maybe too, which is ridiculous. Um, so I knew about those big string sounds I was able to kind of pinpoint like their different influences like um, I mean Bjork was another I mean I never really got into Bjork but anyway I, I digress so this was definitely like a deeper cut like sonically wise like it's it was impressive it's astonishing and, and I'd say like the songs are anyway I'm getting to my uh, what I think nowadays but um, at the time it was fun to see them do different things, but it's also fun to see, for myself to point at like what they might be alluding to. Whether it's Scott Walker or some of these like jazz freakouts that like spiritualized kind of did. And um, yeah, I remember listening through it and then I'll, I'll get into in limbo and being like, Oh, okay. Uh, here's a little bit of a fresher breath there. <laughs> a br- uh, you know, mm-hmm. a breath of fresh air. Um, which uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know but, but I, I'm trying to remember more I, was trying, I guess I remember more than anticipation I remember more just like how deep slices of, of uh, dark richness it was but um, and then they, they took this whole sort of we're not touring behind us at all they did like one MTV like performance and then that was kind of it me optimistic yeah, they did and, have that, that yeah.
0: crazy snl performance which is great
1: yeah i mean that was that was i mean that was defining performances for them uh, and for I mean, for this album too because all the people get people got you know there wasn't anything else um but i don't know how about you sean tell me how you uh came to this album
0: well, it took me a lot longer to get to it just because I wasn't in the, the music listening scene uh, in 2000. It, sure. It, in 2000, I was still in my corn, limp biscuit, new metal phase. Sure. Uh, and like watching TRL on a, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So I was not. And I, I was aware of this album when it came out, but like radio had just seemed like a different planet to me. Like I hadn't. I couldn't name a song or anything. I just like hadn't really gotten into them uh, at all and then when i got into high school and i had friends started getting a radio head mm-hmm. every now and then one of them would pop in kid a on the cd player and i just like for, like in high school when i would try to listen to it i just like couldn't sure. it was like too thick for me it was like too daunting sure uh it was it was like infinite jest or something it was it, it just seemed Uh-oh. like too i was just like Ugh, i know i can't get into it sure. it was hard for my brain to wrap itself around okay. it so it had to take me till late high school, early college for me to like fall in love with okay computer and the oh, bends, Sean. and even in rainbows. And then I would, and then eventually circ circled I back. I got froze to with you, dude. Uh, and Oh, I can still hear you. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. I'm, no back, on. I'm back on. Okay. So it's yeah, like gotcha. infinite. Uh, yeah. 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 It like, um, yeah, it was. It seemed very daunting, but then eventually, once I got into other Radiohead albums mm-hmm. in late late high school, early college, I circled back to Kid A, uh, and really, uh, it, it finally clicked for me then. Yeah, um, and I and I fell in love with it, of of course, um, and then it turned into like my go to. Uh, night driving album i think oh, we've God, had a podcast yeah. before where we talked about listening to music in cars but sure like i think you probably had this experience in wisconsin and louisiana there's a lot of times where you're out driving around and there's not that many street lights you're in back roads oh, God. and yeah. i just th- those were the uh, late at night and those were the times i would i would blast everything in its right place and sure. it was just like perfect mood music yeah for that um so yeah so, that really is it's yeah. Weird how- so yeah and then and then I, oh sorry well i was gonna say 2001 a space odyssey is a great comparison for it because that's what i feel like when i watch that movie now it just, yeah. it's like such a uh an experience and it's not it's not my go-to radiohead album really uh, it's not my favorite of theirs um mm-hmm. i i would rank okay computer and and even maybe even in rainbows above it sure um but like, when you listen to it it, it, it still grabs you no matter how many times you've listened to it.
1: Yeah, it's. It, I was thinking too. Like, it's not. It's not like their strongest set of songs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, as an album, it's like their most like immersive, transportive set. I think, in terms of just deep atmosphere. I'm like, okay, computers. I mean. I mean of course yeah that's a great album but i think that sort of doesn't end as strong as this album ends
0: mm-hmm. or yeah i was i well i was gonna say the, the the last third of this album i have this in my notes last third of this album i think is probably the last it is pro- sorry the last third of this album is probably the best three song sequence of, of radio hits career in my opinion um hmm. uh, because like in, I thought Idiotech is the emotional climax of the album, uh, uh, and then Morning Bell, Motion Picture Motion Picture soundtrack, I think are just beautiful come downs. Yeah. To end the album on. Yeah. Um, so that's like my favorite stretch of the album.
1: Yeah, I mean it's um, yeah, it's 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 a good one. I, I mean, for me, I think the opening with there's such stylistic changes on that first half, side A, if you will. I mean, between like the whole like electronic sounds of everything in its right place, the Kid A sort of like, I don't know. I feel like I remember reading somewhere he he sang through an egg carton, but it sounds more like a vocoder when I read it now. But like just that weird sort of nursery rhyme, Aphex twin vibe. And then the whole just manicness of jazz freak out of uh, national anthem. And then the big string ballad of Disappear Completely. And it's just like all such huge like stylistic like jumps each one you know for for each song where like it feels crazy like how much everything uh it, there's so many different styles that they can they can just use and parse and be like, that's us now mm-hmm. you know we're a jazz band now or we're we're craftwork, yeah. or you know and, but then i feel like yeah. on side b they kind of re- reveal the curtain a little bit more We're like okay here's us we're going to do our more a little more straightforward tracks when you even though we're singing about prison ships and like you know basically yeah, cutting kids <laughs> I don't know but yeah, yeah like motion picture soundtrack just sounds like it sounds like death in a weird way it sounds like dying in a Hollywood mm. hot tub
0: you know <laughs> just alone mm. and just like
1: uh, and then that last um, few seconds at the end with a, like,
0: oh, it like like minute of silence yeah. and then the, uh, that nice little orchestral noise right at the end. I mean
1: and once again um, this is like
0: Anyway, go ahead. I feel like I'm kind of going over the place. But what were you gonna uh, say? Oh well, no. You you well, you touched on earlier uh, about all their different influences on the album, mm-hmm. and that made me realize. I don't I don't know how familiar you are with the masterpiece called Bring It On, Andrew, but this album reminds me of uh, the ending of Bring It On, the cheerleading movie from two thousand. I was gonna QC say the cheer- <laughs> because like, the, okay. the they well they don't win the championship at the end, but for the, for the final competition, instead of doing their usual routine, they decide to take a bunch of different influences like, like uh, tap dancing or, uh, or acrobats oh. and stuff like that. Uh, and they, they, they combine it uh, into uh, a very unique original piece. Oh. And that's uh, what they compete with. And I think that's what kid a, the album is um, when I was doing research on it it was like originally pretty much a Tom York album. He like really sure. spearheaded the new, cause they got so tired of guitar. Sure. The, the traditional guitar music. And so he was like, Oh, Hey band. What if we listen to hey. free jazz now?
1: Hey, hey, and, hey, you
0: know yeah. And the band was resistant to it at first, but then they're like, no, this is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Greenwood, like, go, go orchestrate a, go conduct an orchestra for this. And then yeah. everyone like use their individual talents and combined it uh and that's how we get the the beautiful alchemation that is that is kid a awesome yeah
1: um i was reading about the jazz influences on this album and um i remember reading some articles on alice coltrane a while like years ago and listening to that and be like oh man they just totally ripped off alice coltrane on motion picture soundtrack you know
0: and then I but remember, that's cool. It, <laughs> Who it else is ripping off mean. Alice Coltrane? I know. <laughs> I think that's cool. what makes it cool. You know, they were the the other thing I wanted to top. Sorry, I'm stepping on your no train no, of thought no, no, here. no 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 uh, But but like they were the biggest rock band in the world, mm-hmm. and they're they're like stealing from Can, you know, and yeah. and Alice Coltrane and and Thelonious Monk, and it was the number one album in the world. Right, so this right. weird cold sci-fi album. And anyway, right, go on.
1: I remember like, um, I know it was number one. I remember reading how it was like one of the lowest selling number one albums that year, if not the lowest selling number one album. I guess that that checks out. They were like like competing
0: against NSYNC.
1: Yeah. Like the Marshall Mathers LP. I mean, Eminem? (laughs) it's just like, what the fuck? I mean, this is during that time. But like in Scott Walker with like How to Disappear Complete with those huge strings. So, I mean, it's really cool. But, and also too, like, I really, I mean, this uh when I was researching this, like for this podcast, I went and listened, because I talked about Miles Davis, and I like I always like wrote off. I never really listened to Miles Davis because it's just like, What
0: are you about to say? I wrote off Miles well, Davis. Well, I just, you
1: know, I just I just didn't know I don't know jazz. But at the same time I I I appreciate the influence, but you know, I, I know it's a whole sort of um, yeah, I, I, I don't
0: know. No, it's a, its its own planet. It's its
1: own planet, which is cool. I love it. I like its influence, but it's also like, I don't know if I know how to listen to it correctly. But then yeah, I just... It's listened.
0: its own universe, actually. Right,
1: right. And I listened to Bitches Brew uh, yesterday, and I was like, shit, this is like, this is Crot Rock, <laughs> basically, which is that. Have you ever listened to yeah. Bitches Brew? And yeah.
0: I, I, did I tell you I went through a big Miles Davis phase like two or three years ago?
1: Uh, and it sounds familiar. But tell me about <laughs> anyway. T- but
0: yeah, yeah, I know some bitches brew, Andrew.
1: Right, and it just took me forever to like bite off that jazz, whatever. And I'm like, this is just badass. Um. Uh. So anyway, it, it's fun to see them incorporate this, the, the spirit influences, and yeah, it's a great starting point for a lot of people. But, um. Yeah, and what are, what's your least favorite song on Kid A?
0: <laughs> don't say tree fingers.
1: Is. Don't say tree fingers.
0: No, well, one of the things that I love that about Kid A that like uh, the Radiohead albums, I can't say the same for is that the quote unquote skippable tracks on right. Kid A I think are beautiful. Which is like the, the Kid A, the track number two, and then mm-hmm. Tree Fingers. Uh-huh. I think those are like those are like the weirder more ambient sounding ones yeah. but like i'll skip i skip fitter happier i like i don't fucking listen to fitter happier on okay computer more there's like be, there's at least yeah yeah like there's more, well, one or two songs on every radiohead album that i i skip but um anyway so i think my least favorite is probably in limbo and that's just almost by default just because that's sure. the one that moves me the least yeah for me it's just, like
1: like oh yeah. yeah go go ahead go ahead no, that's all I had on
0: *In Limbo*. <laughs> I didn't have much else on it.
1: For me, like that's like the least essential song on the album, but also like one of my favorites. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. I was <laughs> so like, I was like, I remember listening to it like, ah, okay, here's a Radiohead song because none of it didn't sound like Radiohead up until that point. You know what I mean? Um. Uh. So yeah, I mean that's a good one. I like the. I mean, it's a short one too, but I like how echo. I mean, I love the the echoey keyboards and the. like stored vocals at the end where he's just like just sounds like a wave um Mm -hmm. but so idiotic so yeah morning morning bell is a tough one for me i i think for some reason i felt like that one was kind of like flat a little bit
0: um my my hot take is i prefer the amnesiac morning bell
1: that's that i was gonna
0: i was gonna bring up amnesiac later on because i don't think you can talk about kid a without bringing it that's
1: true that's true that's true um yeah yeah it, it, so what what do we th- i don't know what, what follow uh, i was going to ask like what kind of influence you think kid a has but i feel like we're i'm just sort of spitballing here we, 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 i don't know if we yeah, want to well, get to the can, bigger picture can, on that yet
0: we can get to the 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 bigger picture the, the, the way i was going to intro into that was um like well first sorry before we go to that what's your favorite song on on kid a
1: I mean, like kinda of like sometimes in limbo, but I think you I mean you gotta just go with National Anthem, I feel like. You know what mm. mean the one two punch of Kid A and into National Anthem is really good. Uh, just that so just messiness, just that bass line, just that weird vocals, that sort of repetitive lyrics. Um, and then just that horn freak out. I mean, it's just like a whole another like it's like a bad dream Radiohead in such a in both in the most awesome way um so i dig i really dig that and um yeah one of my favorite moments is an optimistic where at the end where they turn all jazzy at the end optimistic and it's just like what the hell they can do anything here um so but yeah i think i have to go with national anthem is my favorite off the album
0: we de- we need to link that SNL performance yeah. of national anthem. Yeah. I re- I rewatched it today and it's extraordinary. Yeah, with like that group of like of uh, horn players in the corner, right? And just right. like Tom York freaking out. It's it's great. Right, but at the same um, at
1: the same yeah. time, like Spiritualized did that for like a whole like ten years before this album, <laughs> you know? Which I don't know. Who? <laughs>
0: but it's for the kids. So you're really saying Radioheads are hacks.
1: I mean, that's one of the things too. I think Radiohead is, are hacks. They can be extremely smartly derivative. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. which, which is, it's, it's great to be derivative if you're like just just milking awesome things, you know, to make something new. So, and I think they, I mean, people think they're like way more geniuses smarter than they actually are what i what i think but i'm just sort of I'm, wow. I'm,
0: hot takes on this kid a appreciation podcast but they are one
1: of the best bands of this era so without a doubt so anyway anyway sean i i, I digress i feel like i'm kind of uh um, no that's
0: all right um rambling here. i think I, I was trying to think of my favorite and it's an album where my favorite kind of changes depending on when i'm listening to but mm-hmm. um my heart you will always go with Idiotech. Sure, I think it's their. Uh, it's their. Tomorrow never knows. Mm. I think it's like mm. such a. Uh, it's like a missile from another planet that mm. crashes in into an album that's already out there. Right, um, and it's just like I remember listening. It would come on uh, KLSU, the college radio station in my yeah. hometown Baton Rouge, and it would like scare me. Some sure. because it it's such a like a, a creepy. Um, but propulsive song it was one of those songs where did, like do you ever have experiences where you would experience a song or a, or a movie or pop culture and it like it was before you could really comprehend it so it made you feel something as mm-hmm. like a little kid this, like that's like idiotech kind of had that effect on me uh I could, like like really a really like a memory.
1: It. Or like a scared sort of sense before really understanding what it is, like just yeah, that sort of Yeah, it's like when you like, go into
0: the bait. Mm-hmm. It's like when you go into a dark basement as a kid and you're like, scared. I don't know, I, I don't know what to sure. compare it to. Anyway, sure. Radio Tech I think is is um, such a brilliant song, and it's like one of the songs that's in every set list of Radiohead, and I think that says huh. something for a band that changes out their playlist every show. Sure. Um, I don't think I've ever seen or heard of a radio head show that didn't have idiot tech towards like the back half of it yeah um, no, that's a really like, good point yeah um but also like i know this isn't like a hot take or or anything but everything in its right place is such a fucking awesome start to an album mm-hmm. especially uh if you're t- wanting to tell the world we're not gonna play by guitar rock rules anymore and welcome to our electronic hellscape uh i think it's such a brilliant opener of of an album Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. and it and it rocks on its own on its own
1: no i mean yeah it's it it is a good introduction and just just once again how fat those keyboards sound you know they're Mm -hmm. so good and it kind of reminds me like that tom york solo album that came out last year that um the dawn chorus that song is just so good too. oh yeah it kind that's of, of my feels my favorites right right it feels like that's um like a spiritual cousin or relative of kid a you know what i mean like that would i mean that that song could have been on kid a would have been one of the highlights for sure you know that's very true um so um, props to them but um yeah. Anyway, sh- so Sean, uh, should we should we take a? Uh, what were you gonna say?
0: Well, yeah, that's that's all I had. Yeah, I was gonna say like, um, so it's been twenty years since the release of this album. Oh, one like overarching question I had was: Is as celebrated as this album is, is Kid A Ooh. anyone's actual favorite Radiohead album? Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I I what I'm getting at was: It seems like Kid A. It's definitely like no one's favorite Stanley Kubrick movie is two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. I don't sure, think. Sure. I mean, sure. there are, but like most people will like try to be hip and say The Shining, like myself, or sure. like Doctor Strange Love, sure, uh, or or Lolita. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or Lolita, of course. Or um, but like which, I think, which one's I think the it's, colonial one? I'm, I'm sorry. Um, the colonial one. Yeah. Um, but like Barry I think Lyndon? people appreciate. Yes. Yes, Barry London. People That's appreciate Eno's Kid A.
1: Anyway,
0: yeah. Uh, that checks out. Um mm-hmm. I feel like he would have done the score of Barry London. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um I feel like people appreciate Kid A like as a museum piece, as like a beautiful work of right, art. Right. But it's not one they like hang out with a lot. Yeah. I feel like most people would I s- I haven't done a, a scientific poll on this, but I feel like more people. most people go to Okay Computer and then beyond that they'll say either the bends or in rainbows or if you know they're being cheeky they'll say hail to the thief there's i don't i haven't Probably. run into a lot of radiohead fans who were like kid a is my number one all time right and i don't i don't even know if that's a question but what are your thoughts
1: i feel like like it's objectively considered like their i mean okay computers objectively considered their best albums kid a too and it's weird it was weird seeing like it being like the number one album of like the decade but this also same time it's like well, well of course you know what i mean um it's just like it's too it's just very it's just so majestic and deep in terms of its sort of mm. ah, shock value in a way that's kind of tough to like make it feel like this is like your personally your favorite you know what i mean i guess like 2001 like mm. what's the emotional pull to it Outside of just being shocked and awe by it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I guess it's like yeah, being in outer space versus like finding a nice little room or park that you can just be like, ah, here's my stuff, here's my things, you know. What wh- what I makes it things-
0: just because like Kid A is such it, like it it puts you at a distance. Yeah, it like no, doesn't a- it doesn't hug you the way like Karma Police hugs you. Right. Like and by hug you, I mean makes you like feel feelings without a it, doubt it's it's, it's on it like i mean it makes you feel things but it's cold on purpose right and that's part of its uh it's scary beauty. it's scary yes
1: and uh yeah I, I agree with you on that and recently rolling stone which i don't you know
0: who who gives a shit about oh rolling we stone? we should have done a podcast on their new oh, greatest albums list yeah, well i mean
1: this could be kind of it because this was kid a was number 20 in the high and is better than okay computer which is not objectively True, I mean this might be better than In Rainbows, but at the same time, In Rainbows is just has such a, a a verve to it, which is just really impressive, and this doesn't. I mean, this is just claustrophobic and cold, but also just so impressive. But yeah, it's crazy. This is number twenty, which I would not agree with. I think yeah. in my own. So t- wait,
0: really quick, what's your favorite Radiohead album? Um, I forgot.
1: Gosh, I would have to say it's probably OK Computer and then In Rainbows, Uh, and then Kid A. Kid A came in at number 11, I think, on my own top albums of the decade list. Mm. So I had like Malcolmus, probably Jarvis. (laughs) Actually, it might have been number 11 or 12. No, I think I had like, yeah. So I had Malcolmus, LCD, Super Fur Animals. I mean, I had all those, all those Daft Punk all ahead of this album, which is just true because, yeah, this one's it's tough to get personal with. It, It doesn't feel... Like, it's yours. It's not lovable in a way of being like, ah, this gets me. You have to come get it. It doesn't get you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting aspect about, like, art and expression. Like, it's nice to have that connection with people in in a surprising way for them, but... It's also pretty badass to have like you gotta come to us on our own terms, you know. Which yeah. the best is it probably be a combination like, of the two, you know.
0: It it's like it'd be like if when Paul Thomas Anderson came out with The Master and it mm-hmm. and it made like a billion dollars at the box office and it was like the number one movie of the year. Yeah, it's like I think part of like the magic of Kid A is that like people did go to it mm-hmm. on such a massive scale. Yeah, and that segues into my next thing: was is this is that the last album where uh, a popular music act not even i'm not even talking about just like a rock band but a popular music act said fuck it on such an epic scale and it paid off for them artistically and financially was this like the last time Mm. someone was able to pull this off
1: that's a good question i'm trying to think if what bands have been able to do something like that because you always hear about oh they're kid a influencer someone's trying to pull kid a zufian steven aj adds is pulling a kid a yeah. you know was animal i mean animal collective they probably exist because of kid a in some sense you know
0: yeah i feel like yeah all their all their albums in their height where yeah, kid a moves yeah just
1: this sort of or like kid a influence or influences on kid a you mean that was one of the scopes anyway so i'm trying to think i feel like we've seen it most recently with like frank ocean's blonde you know or Jesus mm-hmm. you know where like these sort of bigger commercial anticipated moves and they kind of come up with like a left field type of deal you know
0: yeah Jesus was the only example i could come up with that was the most recent yeah and like Jesus was i think the number one album but i don't think that was even that was as big as kid a was but
1: right i'm trying to think i mean because there's always that what i call like the 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 french pop Existential suicide album like Daft Punk's Human After All or M83's Junk or Air's 10,000 Hertz Legend, which I love those, you know, existential crisis albums, but um, these are absurd. What, anyway, yeah, I'm trying to think more recently, like, what else has been up there like that? I mean. I feel like, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Nothing's really coming to my mind for it. I think Radiohead already had that chilliness, the sort of difficult aspect coming in, the experimentation that they edged to then just dove right into it. You mean like, yeah. I mean, James Blake's like first album, I think, owes somewhat to that same sort of sonic template and maybe not as a punishing or as a dramatic way, but... Um, I don't know May heads yeah. third, you know, like that was like yeah, holy well, shit. I guess I'm
0: thinking. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking of like f- popular music acts who like completely changed what they were, what they right. sounded like, and and it was good.
1: Yeah, and and I don't even know. I, I ma- feel
0: like. I feel like only three people have been able to pull it off and that was Dylan the Beatles and then Radiohead. Sure. Now I'm trying to think of like all of music history it may I'm sure, but Bo- I guess Bowie yeah, too. But... I
1: mean like Bowie would do a lot of that. Um, yeah. You know, I guess I'm, I'm trying to think, I just don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm trying to think uh, like what my favorite album albums were in this last 10 years and if anything like reached that, but everyone kind of just stayed in their own like sort of <laughs> lane somewhat, you know? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But um, mm-hmm. how about for movie wise, do you think there's like a kid, a equivalent of a stylistic change? Like, I mean, kid, a feels more like a movie, but do you think there's anything that sort of operates similarly?
0: Oh gosh, that's a great question. Cause it's, it's hard for me off the top of my head to think of filmmakers who change their style like who sure. changed like the way they operate um mm-hmm. i mean there's like the Cohen brothers who make different types maybe maybe the Cohen brothers going from fargo to big lebowski uh that's the first thing that comes to my mind sure. um but like the great filmmakers usually stay in their auteur kind of lanes where like yeah. every movie you're like oh that's that's a so-and-so movie well like um, he,
1: i guess you mentioned like paul thomas anderson you know like him going to uh uh i mean punch drunk love to there will be blood you know what i mean which is kind of just yeah. nuts i mean i think that just that going to something with that depth there is just kind of nuts and like yeah mm-hmm. the master's another one too i think he's kind of pushing pushing that but i'm trying to think of other movies like that and it's just kind of yeah those meditative ones i'm trying to think
0: Like, can um, i to, oh, go for it oh i wasn't i was just i mean for no reason
1: can you imagine like if Wes Anderson all of a sudden pulled out like a huge nightmarish horror
0: movie? <laughs> I would love that. I would personally produce that Wes Anderson movie. I would give him all the money I, I had in in savings. So,
1: do you think bands should try to
0: like change up more
1: often, take these big risks? I don't,
0: I don't know if they should. They should be allowed to if they want. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are certain bands like i don't know like vampire weekend i feel like they've kind of stayed the same sure for all their albums but it's still great like sure. all their albums are great um i think like if i think you should be given the uh the space to to test to to change things up yeah if you want it's like
1: i kind of want them to keep making that taking that risk and i think some bands do it some bands don't but it's um
0: like back to Fleet Foxes, if they came out with a heavy metal album tomorrow, I'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" Oh,
1: that be that would be pretty amazing.
0: <laughs> oh no, Andrew, don't give him that. Ideas. Would
1: be like if they came with like a shoegaze album, like that would like his voice would be really good. Actually, well, shoegaze.
0: I would like I would like a, I would like a Fleet Foxes shoegaze. I'm I'm thinking like a black death metal Fleet Foxes yeah. album. <laughs> if they're like doing, if they're like Death Heaven, yeah, that'd be
1: amazing. <laughs> now, how, now, Sean, have you felt like you've had your own like? any kid a moments uh oh, what a great personally question, like where you've risked something or you've reinvented yourself
0: <laughs> well i guess i'm not on the state the, the same scale as radio <laughs> since i'm just a dude in chicago sure so i, I i'm but i'm i'm trying to think like <clears throat> um i don't know i guess i don't know do you have anything that you're thinking of for you
1: that's a great
0: question <laughs> we'd be great at a presidential yeah. debate
1: yeah I, I don't know i mean i guess it comes in a lot of i mean you take risks in a lot of different things you do you know i mean like i i switched up i mean i, I left the job i was at because i just wasn't really enjoying it but that was risky even like going in there and being like i'm leaving
0: mm-hmm. you know oh you're talking about just kid a in general life well well Is that,
1: that but then also like in like your own sort of deal i mean i think like making like I think when I decided to make a, a 30 track double album for my 30th birthday, yeah. that was just like, okay, I got to do this. And it, I'm like, okay, it's end up being a success in my book, you know, in yeah, terms of, I would say so. And just in like, yeah. Expressing yourself and just being like, here it all is. But um, yeah. And then even maybe like doing like our holding motors stuff, like that was fun to just sort of turn things on your head. And just, I guess, subjecting the audience to whatever we want to do. I mean, that's that more punishing mm-hmm. way where they, you got to come see us, as
0: opposed to like, you know, us coming to meet that's a, you. That's a great, that's a great point. And I love that we're comparing ourselves to Radiohead. So let's talk more. Why about not? It. But like, they're not that great, that like, actually. <laughs> but not that it. that with when you say Holy Motors, we, me and Andrew and our friend Jen had a group back in. I know we 20, talk about this. Twenty thirteen. Yeah, that's true. But just a reminder, our, our listeners, we would we had an improv group called Holy Motors, based off of the French film Holy Motors, which is another band. Uh, out, anyway, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but what we did, we would watch a movie and then base an improv form off of that movie, mm-hmm. and we did that several weeks in a row. Uh, and that was probably the most freeing time I've had. And it, it it remind it does remind me of Radiohead in the sense that like part of the genius of Radiohead is that like they never went to where the sound is. They never mm-hmm. like tried to like, like, they, like, sorry, I'm rambling no, but that's anyway, at, the, at the heart of Radiohead. They're an arena rock band. Mm-hmm. Like they, they are popular and they play shows in arenas and they play songs that fill up that arena, mm-hmm. but they never went to, they never were like, Oh, what are songs that would sound great in the United center or in Grant park? when they where they play like they they did their own thing uh like they they were they're like no let's go off into the english countryside and listen to warp records uh yeah. and like do weird shit and then the masses came to them uh-huh. um anyway but yeah i guess long story short is you should always just do what you want to do as an yeah. artist as a person and if like they say in field of dreams if you build it they will come even if they don't come, that's still okay because it's a—it's just about you.
1: Well, and, and I know I ripped up on Radiohead for being derivative, but at the same time, that's such an awesome thing to do—is to be like, you know what? Let's just try to be a jazz band right now for this song, or let's let's just be a Miles Davis, let's be a crot Rock band, let's just do something crazy. And I think that's kind of like we—we we had a, a fun taste thrill of that when we're like okay here's our structure our assignment is let's go see this movie and then base invent a whole new form out of something out of that for this show of people at this you know byob theater you know that was used to be a church i think right and it's just having those simple like rules and assignments that allow for such exploration i think radiohead how you mentioned how tom york said like okay i just want let's do this let go conduct an orchestra or let, let's make a this song and so just stay in your lane which is I think it's they just collected a whole bunch of different stuff like that and I think that's uh, it, it's fun how trying to get direct influences uh, to just build off of or try to copy you end up discovering something different and new which I think Radiohead did there too and I think that's yeah I think that maybe that's the last is that the last maybe in my mind the lasting legacy outside of its deep rich atmospheric cinematic vibe is that uh sort of you can do anything you want to do and just why not go try to make be a different band or
0: do something different you know exactly Andrew thanks Sean (laughs) um oh so I guess I'll uh, maybe this will we'll start to wrap things up here. Um, we're in a pretty uh, crazy year. Yeah. The year 2020. Um, there was a famous Chuck Klosterman essay back in 2000, in the 2000s where he talked about how kid A predicted 9-11. Oh um, yeah. Did you
1: ever read that? Um, uh, which book it's, was it your
0: just, which, which oh, book? I had to look predict? it up really quick. I forget. Was that Is like it, an, an eating the dinosaur or sex drugs, Cocoa Puffs? I don't know. Uh, I mean, i probably the read Cocoa Puffs. It. It just seems like something you would have written in college. Yeah, uh, I, I thank, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, conf- uh yeah. if Radiohead and nine 11 <laughs> I mean, that's record. all. I, that's <laughs> all I talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and like, I don't have much knowledge or facts to back this up. But I feel like you could talk more on it. But people talked about how Kid A sort of predicted nine eleven, predicted our our modern environment, but do you think it predicted 2020 specifically is 2020 the logical endpoint of what kid a was trying to tell us.
1: I remember a quote from Tom York, which I, who I think is frequently full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> but still, still wow,
0: I, I love that. There's so much uh, po- poison in your veins for, I, I, I uh, just for think, Radiohead. I, I didn't just realize. Don't,
1: I don't know if these guys are like the best of our thinkers, you know what I mean? But I think, uh, I mean, they're a good rock band. And um, I think he's, I mean, he's a great, yeah, he's a good dude. But he remembers saying like, oh, capitalism's like a virus. It's just going to kind of destroy itself. It's going to run its course and just destroy itself ultimately. And which is kind of a weird thing now we're in a pandemic uh, with it. But I think it's that paranoia, that sort of uh, frame of of, um, modern society with a sort of absurd sort of sense of like oh please buy this and buy that on top of it you know that just feels so um rings so uh, alienating um for a lot of us and i think 2020 has just been hyped up on that i mean that's yeah trump's just been nothing but alienating modern culture has been nothing but alienating lately or frustrating in a way um so, I mean, I think emotionally there's a lot of similarities to it, the sort of doomsness to it, and particularly yeah, for this year where we're just sort of there's so much unknown and so much we don't know what the next crazy thing can be, and it might as well just be like aliens or whales jumping
0: up you know, on you know yeah. I don't know. Um, and we're just we're stuck in our homes talking at computer screens like we right. Are right now.
1: Like okay, computer indeed. Whoa. Um Ugh. But, it, but I don't want to give him that. I don't want to give him. I don't want to give him that because I don't think I think this this is a contingent event, which is sort of somewhat unexpected. But at the same time, it happened hundred years ago. Like um, anyway, it was interesting. Speaking of SNL performances, watching Jack White's
0: performance. Did you watch that? I didn't watch it yet. And I, shame on you. Uh, he
1: inter he he he. Some blind Willie Johnson song, like old, like 100 year old blues song he used, and that song was about uh, the Spanish flu pandemic. They talked about you better close your public schools. You better, you better until the death comes, that events of death pass. You better close your churches too. You know, he's like it traveled through the air. Like it's, it's weird that going back that people have dealt with this stuff 100 years ago people have dealt with these issues and that if anything, a century is a smaller amount of time than we care to admit, you know, which is, I think if you look at a lot of different things, including like, you know, treatment of minorities, black people and, you know, and women not being able to vote until like within the last hundred years or so, like this is a small amount of time that there's a lot of shit that's been bad in America and even stuff that's happened to us before, that's just, it feels long, long ago, but it's, it's not, I mean, our TVs, our phones, our our culture might be new within the last 50 or so years or whatever, but it's, I mean, there's something inherently about just being existing as a human and existing in America. That's like, even America is just so young too, you know? So I guess I'm looking, I, I feel like Jack White's performance helped show me that the, in the past, we've dealt with similar issues that are now, and that it's almost like the past is the future in a weird sense, you know. But anyway, I, like I'll let to say that future. that this album came out a month before the two thousand election, which I think precipitated a lot of these current day events, you
0: know. Um, yeah, yeah, I, forgot, I didn't think about that um with the you know you're partly responsible voting for ralph nader i was too young to vote for ralph um but sorry. you went to florida and you voted for ralph nader you know gore's like the gore's like the radio head of politics you know he's the (laughs) the, the, i think i
1: I could buy it but no but i think Um, at that time is that like you, you saw these third way tony blair clinton type democrats that were pro big business not really for the consumer or the environment in a way but just sort of played lip service to that kind of stuff you know which is a frustrating and sort of disheartening thing to see when you're just like people are just in it for the money and to keep this sort of you know uh rich times going just to having us be passive consumers as opposed to addressing uh urgent needs, which then stuff like the pandemics just upend all that. And you realize, well, how do we, I mean, things just can't go business as usual. And we got needs outside of your job and your, you know, m- you know, making money or making other people money, you know? So it's, um, anyway, I kind of digress here, but, uh, no, I that was good because I,
0: I wanted to talk about 2020 stuff anyway.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think Radiohead does a great job of mostly of, hollering out um venting emotionally venting capitalistic sort of um anguish you know of of emotional core feeling left behind feeling alienated by it feeling uh, uneasy being diminished just being a consumer and just and, uh, accepting all the commercial yeah. shit that comes
0: your way you know you're saying Kidday's the swing voters in Pennsylvania, oh, the uh, white, the white working class people who are left behind did in, you, in is, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania.
1: Did you listen to that Daily uh,
0: podcast on that, like Pennsylvania voters? No, no. Kerry. Meredith listens to it, but I don't yeah, listen to it's, the daily. It's frustrating. I mean, that's another thing too. Like
1: Trump has been, uh, Trump has been nothing but a big boon to like Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes. Like, hey, liberals, come listen to me, and yada, yada, yada I'm not gonna take a commercial break until like 25 minutes, then you're hooked. Then I'm gonna take a commercial break every five minutes, and it's just, I, you mean, th- th- there's a lot of, I- I'm just frustrated with msnbc sometimes you, no one should watch more yeah i don't television. i don't
0: i don't watch msnbc even though i g- agree with their stuff it's it, like yeah
1: R- rachel maddow don't like get too
0: biased on either side
1: she does great research rachel maddow but it, she's just like a martyr while also being like like a food tasting wine pairing tasty at the same time like hmm, this tidbit well what do you think about that and, hmm. it's just it's so frustrating anyway i digress but i think uh uh, Radiohead searches for other answers and bigger emotional answers than what we're just sort of given to, which you know, are, are supposed to accept and think is that's what everyone sh- should be doing. So, props to them on that. Anyway, I, I, I don't. I feel like I don't really answer your question. Um, no, I, I it, guess it
0: did. I mean, cause it it, like, it was kind of an ingest question because, mm-hmm. like, obviously, it didn't predict what's happening in twenty twenty, but it just seems. It's I, I I think the what I was getting at was it's such a timeless album. Yeah. That like if there's any kind of crisis, crisis, you can like look back at OK Computer and Kid A and be like, wow, they knew this was coming. And I think it's yeah. a testament almost how like people die, break down The Shining like in that documentary mm-hmm. Room Two Three Seven. They're like people like I think if a work of art is is special and good enough, you can like interpret it so many different ways sure, and have it for sure. contextualize every era that you live in and so mm-hmm. I feel like in 2050 there's going to be two dudes with a music podcast or whatever the the equivalent is talking about like oh man can you believe Kid A predicted the great smorgasbord of 2050 or whatever yeah, um,
1: yeah no, it's, it's so
0: elastic
1: no I, I hear you I guess my, my, my critique I, I, I've been all about Radiohead critiques because maybe I'm just being contrarian but I feel like this is excellent venting of modern day but i don't know if it offers any answers you know of how to like improve your life or where to go from there but i think it's cathartic venting which is a great great first step you know but i think um yeah i don't know if it offers answers for a better (laughs) better way of life i don't know What what do you think sean
0: no i but like also i don't i don't think you should go to radiohead for answers to make your life better you should like go to therapy (laughs) for stuff like that i think you nailed it with the catharsis part i think that's what music is all about i think like you know you search you go to radiohead to to feel a catharsis about is there any in your life is there any bad which might lead you to might lead you to different to better life anyway what
1: is there any like bands or movies or other albums that you feel like might answer have answers as opposed to just cathartic venting?
0: Um, I don't know because I honestly I don't like go to music for answers. I cool. go to it for emotional release.
1: Hmm. Which I guess could an answer no. in the same way
0: too. Right. Well,
1: uh, I guess like you know, you know, my tried true favorites for them, they've sort of demystified uh, uh, just everyday existence and just sort of uh, allowing you to have that sort of compassion and connection, but also like invention of, of making your own sort of way and making your own sort of uh, unique uh, connection with others and expression, which I think find that common to find that common humanity you know demystifying those barriers which i think radiohead does a good job of calling out and identifying but not necessarily giving you the keys to unlock that door you know
0: anyway a, a man being a little too abstract esoteric here on, on radiohead well that's what this podcast is all about baby. i know i know we i know, know, I know. About that esoteric yeah i want to get into the weeds with this i know uh, but we're we're we're, we're kind running of running time. time yeah but uh but to to start to end things, like do you have any other thoughts, uh, memories with a kid A, any kind of ethereal ephemeral like yeah. words tonight? Anything remember, else you want to add?
1: I just remember being damp from cross country runs, really anticipating wanting to hear this album. I remember listening to it on it my CD player while going to bed. Um I remember the first time listening to it, like after dinner, I bought it at the Best Buy, went upstairs, listened to it, and I was just like, whoa, this is crazy. And then or just like put it on my CD player, listen to like in limbo and then motion picture soundtrack morning bell. And then having that last, Oh, be like Whoa, you know? So it, yeah, this is a CD player album for sure. Definitely CD is the best medium for it. Um, but yeah, it's an astonishing. Also big... now that,
0: now that weed is legal in Illinois, it's a great high album too.
1: <laughs> As I drink in my truly hard seltzer <laughs> here on a, on a Wednesday um i'm
0: drinking a green tea but i you know green I, tea I, there <laughs> yes. you go i'm smoking this green uh, tea. anyway <laughs> smoking that chai. smoking that chai latte <laughs> <laughs>
1: when people started smoking chai latte huh forget I, I, I mean sure yeah those those stores are nothing like i mean they're, they're literally next door to starbucks we might just go start smoking those tea leaves
0: you know? that's actually a great idea i wonder if you can legally ha- sell coffee in a weed dispensary anyway you gotta go to amsterdam
1: go to the coffee shops there you <laughs> fool anyway
0: well in america let's bring it here anyway yeah um do you have anything else
1: um no i guess not sean how about you any lasting sort of impressions any sort of lasting lingering what will you associate today with in terms of just a, 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 a imprint a flash
0: well, I, it wouldn't be a pie yourself clean episode without mentioning Pitchfork. And I think Kid A may have single-handedly put Pitchfork on the map oh, with their with their 10.0 review. Yeah. It's on it's like one of the most we've had we've had episodes about mu- music reviews, mm-hmm. but this is the maybe one of the most famous music reviews uh in modern times yes. and it was uh, by uh Brent De Crescenzo. Yeah. Sorry I'm pronouncing it. He's a great writer Brent.
1: too. I used to follow him on Twitter. I think now he's just writing for TV Land, which is weird. These these he's freelancers. TV Land, the channel. I mean, these freelancers. I mean, like you, you build a huge influential base on, or you know, cred on Pitchfork, and then you go, like Mark Richardson, go write for like Wall Street Journal, or go, you know, it's 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 kind of weird.
0: It's a, it's a tough gig. It's a tough business. It, it, it's a tough. You <laughs> freelance writer. I mean, but, it, yeah. it's a tough.
1: It's a tough thing. But then, but uh, being and he yeah he he had great music tastes, but i don't know
0: i don't really know where he's
1: writing these days
0: anyway but, I, I digress well there's it's like it's it's famous mostly just because it's so pretentious but it right. like really set the template for pitchfork but it has one of my my favorite pretentious music critic sentences of all time mm-hmm. and i just want to share it here yes uh it goes comparing this to other albums kid a Comparing this to other albums is like comparing an aquarium to blue construction paper. Uh, and that always blew my mind <laughs> when uh, I read it. And I, I like think about that a lot when I like try to compare different things. Yeah. I,
1: no, I, I can see it. I mean, it, once again, that sort of deep atmosphere, I mean you can't just go hold down any synth synth and be like, I'm making an atmosphere. I mean, they, this is excellently well-crafted hats off to Nigel Godridge too, who, who, uh, yes,
0: you know, producer the, the
1: producer who, who's done this similar kind of massive sheen for other groups but mainly just with radiohead but yeah what a disappointment uh halo thief was i could say that except for the last four <laughs> songs and, that. Um, yeah and um, then amnesiac we didn't really talked about but that was a tough one for me i know i
0: forgot about amnesiac well okay we can go further we can go longer what are your are you an amnesiac boy
1: i didn't like it I didn't like it at first, but then that's probably the Ray Hood album that's grown on me the most over the last like mm-hmm. twenty years. Like that's probably definitely like number still behind the bends, but it's no longer like the worst. You I mean I it's, it's it, it I've grown to how much I've liked it. Life in a Glass House is great. Um Knives Out yeah. is great. Um, but mm-hmm. like pack like in the sardine cans and some of these other ones just don't really go anywhere. Uh the Polk Pole and elevator yeah, doors right. I like but that's not, that's, that's not really a song,
0: you know, but, um, like I, I, I skip hunting bears, uh, oh, but, the but, way that, yeah. but pyramid song is an all timer. Yeah. You and whose army? I, mean, I might a, be wrong. Knives out. Oh
1: yeah. You might be wrong. Yeah. There's a lot of, that's a stacked album. That's a stacked album, but it also just felt weird too. Coming off of this. So.
0: Um, but like, I guess people always would like deride music by calling it kid B. Or, like, oh, you know, the B-side to Kid A, because it was written, it was recorded at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but I think over time, I think Amnesic has become its own entity. I think yeah. it stands on its own. Yeah, I mean, there's some actual, like, great
1: songs, like, that maybe Kid A, did, that, you know, conventional songs that Kid A didn't really
0: have, you know? Yeah. So. Um. Well, I guess that's it. Do you have any other parting words, Andrew? no (laughs) no i think i think by the end of this we've trashed radiohead more than praise them i know it's tough i mean
1: i would not be the listener of music i am today without radiohead uh i mean they're one of the bands that gave me first chills you know as Mm. uh listening to their stuff so hats off to them and this is this is an astonishing album that uh i think impresses you but then you know it's like a bad boyfriend or girlfriend takes more than they make <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no, wow. i don't i don't know no but at the same time it's awesome you can be like hell yeah i dated i dated a kid
0: and i survived <laughs> i don't know um, um it doesn't need right, well, you like you need mm, it you know no it's true it's like a cat yeah it's true um, good way good way uh, well, I'll see you for the 20th anniversary of In Rainbows yeah. in uh twenty thirty-one or twenty eight, eight, yeah twenty eight. Years
1: from now, seven years from now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, Do we have anything else up that would be on our radar? I don't like off the top of your head. I don't, I don't for really like know.
0: anniversaries? Yeah. I don't really there's well, if we're doing twenty years, there's Stankonia. <laughs> uh if we're doing uh ten years, uh well a lot of good albums came out in twenty ten, but yeah. We'll see. We'll see what's up.
1: Thankonia is actually kind of a good twin of this album. Another awesome electronic, chili, just amazing album.
0: Uh, Bombs Over Baghdad, man. I like listened to that song for the first time in a while the other day, and I was like, "Fuck." Yeah, Bombs over Baghdad. Is yeah. Such an old timer. Yeah, anyway, we got it. Let's wrap this up. Any, anything else? I kind of want to do a Stan Coney <laughs> episode. Well, I, don't, I don't know that album. I honestly don't know that album very oh, well. Man. I only know it's, the, the singles. I
1: remember buying that one off of Target, too. You could either buy the Naked Lady that was like the sort of uh, that sort of electron microscope uh, artwork mm. kind of vibe, or you, mm-hmm. the, the, or you can buy the group like that. I remember buying that one at Target and then going to see um, uh, Little Nicky. In the
0: theater, <laughs> Adam Sandler <laughs>
1: film. In the theater, but um, yeah, two thousand was just the year of chilly experimental um electronic albums by marquee artists. So that was yeah. Uh,
0: it just it felt like I we didn't get we didn't touch on this either. But the popular music scene in the two thousand and two thousand oh, was man. like a sh- a desert. Well, and this was like right before the New York rock rock scene yeah. kicked things off. Mm -hmm. but like Mm -hmm. it it was yeah it was this chilly masterpiece of kid a uh Mm -hmm. this very like political ahead of its time stangonia Mm -hmm. and then like no strings attached by nsync like it it was like they were so far above and beyond their competition (laughs) that year
1: well i mean but we talked yeah i talked about too like marshall matters was like the main big selling album you know i
0: mean yeah people love it. it it's it's good yeah. Well, Queens
1: of Stone Age Radar, another great album that came out that same year too. Mm-hmm. So 2000 was solid. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. And uh, yeah, definitely listen Stankonia might be better than Kid A. I
0: don't know. Maybe not. Oh, I don't know. Well, let's end it on that. Let's end it on okay. that. Stankonia is better than Kid A. <laughs> uh, happy twenty years Possibly. to Kid A and Stankonia. Yes. Um, and Andrew, you be safe. And
1: uh, yeah, you too, Sean. Thanks so much for uh, coming in with such great questions. I, I appreciate uh, your your well. Your
0: I just I throw up the ball on you alley You dunk. You dunk it. We're like
1: John Stockton and Carl Malone to Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. So good stuff. Good stuff. All right. I'm going to stop. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.